Something's happening with the spiders in the city. They're out of control. Welcome to Into the Time Vortex podcast. We're talking about Doctor Who. We're talking about Doctor Who episode called Arachnids in the UK. I am Ken. Jeff. Julia. In this episode, which aired on October 28th, uh, was about spiders. Big spiders. Yeah, so the doctor and her companions finally make it back to Sheffield, uh, only to find out that there are big spiders infesting the city. And chaos ensues. And you almost didn't make it through the episode, did you? Well, you know, there was an awful lot of jump scares in this. According to your Facebook page. (laughs) Yeah. I really don't like spiders. Even when they're CGI spiders, I really don't like spiders. I get all Ron Weasley about it. I think the uh, CG is done really well. It didn't look like it was CG to me. I mean, obviously, when you look at something like that, you know it is because it's not it's not possible that they could be that big, is it? You know, so what? <laughs> well, maybe in Australia, I don't know. Oh, maybe. <laughs> um, no, I think there was, there was only that one scene when, uh, towards the end when they were all going, all the spiders were going towards the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Yep. That looked little. CGI, you know, like obviously CGI, but you know, overall it was pretty good. I thought that big spider in the ballroom was was well done. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's good. That's a um, that's important. I I I feel like I'm I'm going to try to not bash previous seasons every single time we review these these episodes, but I feel like I guess we always do compare episodes to a degree and. You know, I, I just always say, oh, imagine if Moffat had done it. You know, the spiders would have maybe, maybe, um, they, I don't Talked know. Talked or well, something. Maybe. Like or they would have been, like, faster and maybe cartoonish. But anyways, I thought the way they moved, they, they had a good research in this because they just looked real. And mm-hmm. the way that they were revealed, too, was creepy because... They're like waiting for the spider to come around the corner and it just comes around the ceiling and it's like, oh, God. And then um, when the doctor goes up against the wall to listen through the wall and we go and it's on the other side there, that's um, (laughs) all kind of creepy. The creepiness and the music added to that, too. It wasn't, you know, over the top music or whatever. It was um, appropriate for the episode. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Oh, I I liked um, I liked that we got to see more of Yaz's backstory and her family and stuff. Yep. Yeah, um, I thought that was good, and I I liked the moments between Graham and Ryan. I thought those were nice, you know. Yeah. A lot of that stuff in this episode. They they Graham goes back to the house and he spends some time there, and I think that was you know again. There was a lot of lot in this story, but they were able to have time to slow it down and have him go there and deal with that. Have um, he has his family be featured for a little while and have these moments that the that the companions or the or other characters can just have a few moments to to deal with Live. it. 
Yeah, yeah, I liked it. They were like, you know, living in their own world, and mm -hmm. it was really well done. Um, I think the doctor, uh, I think Jodie Whittaker did really well in this episode. This is, she continues to impress me, I, I think, you know, her trying to deal with the family and having that small talk conversation and mm -hmm. sort of the things that she says. It's like, um, oh, can we go get this uh, package while you go, while you make your, the terrible food. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she uh, just seems a little bit a little bit like David Tennant a couple a lot in this episode. Okay. The rambling on, the, the the certain things, the mannerisms, the way she kind of said it kind of reminded me of David Tennant. Yeah. So. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think they all have, except for um, Papaldi, who was, you know, considerably older than all the other iterations of the Doctor, they all tend to have some sort of oddness about them. Um, you know, and he, he was odd in a different way, but he was more serious than, than even Eccleston, I think. Yeah. Um, I, I like how she kept saying, Yaz's mom, you know, and she kept saying, no, it's, it's Nadia, and they just kept doing that throughout the whole episode, and it was funny. I, I thought that was... That's the type of humor that I like in, in Doctor Who. I like that it's not, you know, it's happening in the background, you know, oh, Yaz's mom, it's like, you know, it's kind of yeah. like an ongoing joke that is, didn't, to me, didn't get old because it wasn't, it was in the background. It was kind of like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's still happening. Yeah, I liked it. I thought, I liked Yaz's mom. Mm -hmm. I thought she was good. I, um... And her dad, you know, just all of Yaz's family, I thought was was good. I thought the sibling interactions were good, and mm -hmm. um, it was just, it was well. It, I'm glad they finally have brought more backstory in. I guess I was. Yeah, because she seemed to be much. like, yeah, she seemed to be like the forgotten companion the last couple episodes. Yeah. The um, the show continues to do well with its cinematography, especially the opening segment scenes where we kind of establish where we are, um, and there's some effort put into it. It's not just a static shot; it's like a almost like a across the ground, maybe from a spider's point of view, sort of giving you a preview of what the episode's going to be like or whatever before the TARDIS appears. Um, so I, I think overall, every element of the production that we've already kind of been saying we like, or especially what I like anyways in terms of music and the cinematography, I think is still present in this episode, I think, for the most part. Um, I, I did feel, though, with all that said, I feel like this felt a little bit more like like a regular episode from this series. It... it um, it was simple. It had a simple plot. It's just basically giant spiders gone amok. And I think the the I didn't the, the whole idea is kind of like a little bit stretched. <laughs> it felt too too yeah. much, too typical. Too like oh really mutant spiders that grow big. Okay, is that it? <laughs> well, it it did feel like they were covering a lot of. Um commentary on 
the president and you know the environment all that stuff it, obviously sure. the Christopher Nose character was Trumpian yeah um, and didn't care that his that his method of getting rid of trash created these huge things mm -hmm. and his you know his big thing was kill it shoot it with a gun yeah and Sometimes, which, go ahead. Which ended up giving us a very predictable ending. Him coming out with the gun and shooting the spider. You yeah. kind of right. knew that was going to happen. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, they broadcast that when he picked up the gun when they were down in the mine. Yeah, um, I, mean, I mean, it was a pretty simple plot, and it was a pretty frothy episode. Mm -hmm. But it was still fun. Yeah, I mean, some of the times, that if, if, if the show does too much politics, I kind of start to go, okay... And maybe it was a little bit too much. I mean, I don't know if I necessarily want Doctor to be that political. It's all, it always does that, though. But it, it, I think it always it does it. Well, I guess th this basically is a remake of an episode called The Green Death. It's, it's very similar, where it's basically a bunch of um, technology maggots. Yeah. yeah, gets involved with maggots, and they grow really, really big, and then you know they end up. The soldiers come in to shoot them and stuff, and the doctor's trying to find a way. And there's, there's even some people in it that are like, "Oh, this is the problem with our ecology, and we have to save it and stuff like that." So it's very much like a remake of that episode, um, except with better special effects, obviously. Yeah, it was better. Yeah, that's that's for sure. Because the Green Death probably has some of the worst special effects you can possibly imagine. Maybe. Well, that's saying something. Uh, yeah. <laughs> It's a third Doctor episode, so. Um, but, um, so it has its political message. Um, I, I felt like everything that happened in the episode was believable in terms of how it was presented and how the companions acted. At the beginning, they're basically leaving, and they don't necessarily want to leave, and then, so I thought that was kind of, neat how that happened and then at the end when they joined the TARDIS um, I thought it was really good too it was believable it wasn't you know it made sense with their characters and what, how they're developing yeah um, I really I liked the, the epilogue of it mm -hmm. when they all joined her in the TARDIS because like we knew they were going to but I especially like Graham. I really, I really like Graham. Yeah, because I think Graham he might was, become my yeah. favorite. I mean, it was obvious for Graham because he had nothing to return to. His wife was gone. Right. He's a retired retiree, and there was nothing for him. So it made obvious for him to re want to return. Yeah, the only one who didn't make sense was Yaz. I mean, she's got a job. She's a police officer, and you know, yeah, she's and, just starting out, but still, she has a job. And her reasoning was her family drives her nuts, so she wants to get out. Yeah, that that was a thin excuse. Well, I think initially, when the three of them were kind of joining the TARDIS for the first time, and sort of traveling with the Doctor, it felt like Graham was the... He, he didn't want to. He was, he was the one that was kind of like, do we really have to do this? Let's get out of here, you know? But whereas Yaz was the one that was kind of like... She was really enjoying it, you know, not like a rose way, like cool. Let's let's um, 
people are dying. Let's let's you know. But it it was, you know. And I think Ryan too also has enjoyed it as well. So. Um, yeah, I get I get I get the feeling that there's maybe more that's going to happen with Ryan's character. They had he, he had that letter from his dad, which he didn't. So we started to talk about it, and then there was a big, big giant spider over their heads. Um, so it seems like he has a, like he has a hard time talking about his feelings. Mm -hmm. but, you know, so maybe more will come of that, which would be nice to see. Yeah. Yeah, and, and they're they're going slow with it. They're not. You know, if there's if there's stuff that we're going to learn about these these characters. And stuff that we're not 100% sure of. It, it's they're not hitting you in the head with it. It's not like, um, it's not as blatant as it been. It, it just feels like they're, they're they're not saying. I wonder if the five-year-old that's watching this show is going to be able to get that. Let's dumb it down and do this. They're right. not doing that. They're not dumbing anything down. I mean, to to a degree. I mean, all TV dumbs it down, but um, they they haven't really done that too much in this show. So. Yeah. Well, and I, I think that's, you know, one of the things that I have liked about Chris Chibnall's work is that his character development is fantastic. Mm -hmm. You really get to know the characters. Yeah. It's completely, the characters are believable as people. They're not just one-dimensional caricatures. They're, you know, they're yeah, really... Yeah, they definitely... Get a feel more for the characters so far in his run than you did in Moffat's run. Oh yeah, definitely. I just wonder. I'm paranoid when it comes to stuff like this, and I know the ratings have gone down a little bit, and that's not necessarily based on the fact that the stories have been good. I think Rosa's is one of those. It's probably the most praised episode so far this season. This one doesn't look like it fared as well. In some of the early polls, um, no, it's it's a mixed batch for this one. Yeah, and, and I, again, I, I hate to say, like I watch these episodes, I just noticed a bunch of cobwebs that I'm looking at. <laughs> I'm in trouble. Uh, uh, where did those come from? They weren't there a few seconds ago. And um, I, I just don't want to become this, like you know, well compared to the last season or the seasons before that. I'm trying not to do that, but. Um, I'm just wondering if the, the the show isn't as flamboyant as it was the last few seasons. It's not a, the characters aren't as caricaturish. They're not as you know they're more like we just talked about. They're more real. There seems to be a a, a thing that makes sense. The stories aren't overdone or overblown or something. They, you know there's negatives to some of that, but I wonder if people are are watching the show and going. Wait a minute. Where is this bombastic, you know, like, you know, stuff that goes on and it's not happening? And maybe they're waiting for it to happen, or you know, I wonder if it's a negative. Like some people are going to be turned off by it. I'm sure some people will be. You know, I think it's it the way that that I started getting turned off by um, Moffat's stuff towards the end of his run, the last couple of years, mm -hmm. even though I really liked. Um, Peter Capaldi, I think Moffat ruined him, ruined his era. Yeah. 
giving him such crap to work with. And I'm sure people are going to blame this on on Jodie Whittaker because they blamed it on Capaldi. Yeah. You know, they always blame it on the actor. And now that it's a woman, oh, my God, it's going to be even worse. I mean, this sort of happened before. I mean, if you take a look at the final several doctors of the of the classic series, one would argue that, oh, you know, Colin Baker was horrible and Smith McCoy was horrible and stuff, but the Johnny Go ahead. Yeah, but yeah, but that's not the case. It was they were given poor stories. Yeah, and that's part of that's Johnny Turner. Obviously, he's the producer, so he has to have some fault to it. I'm not saying he was totally faultless. He, you know, he was annoying. But I mean, he did so much good for the show, but then toward the end, he, he just didn't. You know, it, it wasn't. Maybe that's true with Moffat to a degree. Maybe, in a, in a way, he he did really good for the show when he was writing for it. But once he took over, and he kept staying in control, I think it it, it went downhill. So maybe it's a lot like Jonathan Turner in that case. Um, yeah. And so, am I saying that now Chris Chibnall is going to go downhill? I don't know, but <laughs> it's too early for that. I hope. Well, he's only had four shows, so yeah, I know, but. I mean, the ratings are going to go down because that's just the nature of the beast, and they're going to plateau. But, you know, if the quality of the stories are good... Yeah, I mean, I, I thought this was really good. I, I mean, I think I still liked Rosa better. I watched Rosa again. I, I tend to try to watch the episode again earlier in the day, and I, I, um, I'm still waiting for an episode to, to really go, wow, you know, I haven't done that yet. And... I feel like it has all the elements, and it's only a matter of time, but I'm kind of waiting still, and I'm like, I'm getting a little nervous, because I hope there is a few that are like that, you know? I don't know that there's ever that many episodes that are like, wow, but I don't know. Well, I mean, I, I, I watch other shows that I feel like, you know, going back to Babylon 5, for example, I remember a particular season where I just was like, after oh, yeah. eight, or eight or nine episodes in a row, I'm like, really? Can they possibly get any better? And it's like, oh, my God, they just did. And Buffy, Season three, right? Yeah, that was season probably. three. And Buffy the Vampire Slayer is one of those shows. Oh, well, yeah, that's from true. From time to time that it's like, wow, it hasn't really done anything wrong. I mean, you know, over the course of, of eventually you'll find one or two that are like, ah. Oh. But Doctor Who, for some reason, just maybe because it's so varied in its scope that it it's hard to thoroughly enjoy every single one of them or maybe it's just because I can't <laughs> I just can't do that with Doctor Who <laughs> oh, no. well I the <laughs> one main problem I had with this one was that after they got all the spiders in the hotel locked them up in that safe room whatever and then the big spider dies what about the rest of the spiders throughout the whole town yeah, they, they, it did. They just like, go, okay, we saved hotel, but the rest of the town still has these giant spiders in it. The, the kind of sort of the resolution to the story was kind of poor. They never made mention of all, you know, the other big spiders died because they didn't have, couldn't breathe well or whatever. They never, they never said anything. They just went cut from, okay, the Trump dude walked away and she's got this look of, uh, what a jerk, to. Let's all go to the TARDIS. I'm like, well, what about the rest of the whole town? There's 
There's got to be more giant spiders floating around today. They never made mention of what happened. Yeah, that's true. Well, I also don't know. The doctor's solution is, no, no, don't shoot them. We'll just put them in a room and have them die naturally. I, I don't know. Yes, yeah, she just that, that was. We'll just suffocate them. I'm like, I don't okay. know if that's much better. I mean, maybe a little bit, but. So, so but then when the spiders get desperate and start killing each other, so there'll only be one or something. Yeah, they get hungry. I don't know. They're all. I don't know. It's it's kind of a weird. I'm not the resolution exactly sure. yeah. is kind of weak. So. Well, you know, you can't look into the science of it too much, but. Well, I was trying to figure out what the doctor could do. That, uh, you know, I really thought that I don't know how she would do this because it would be very hard to do. But I mean, I felt I thought they might have, and maybe that Moffat would, or Russell T. Davis would have done this. Is when the big spider was suffocating, the doctor takes the big spider to a planet where it could survive gravity or something. And I thought, for a second, I thought that was going to happen. And I'm like, now that I think about it, it's like the ending was a little more depressing because it, you know, he just comes in there and shoots him, but the spider. But um, I don't know if that would have been too. You know, oh, that's it would have been too corny maybe to, to have it end that way with a happy ending for the spiders. <laughs> I don't know, but it just seemed like the resolution was kind of weak, yeah. like the weakest part of the whole story. Yeah, so. definitely. I, I agree with you. I think that, yeah, you don't have any idea what happens to all these spiders. It's just you're kind of assuming they did something, but you don't, you know, see it and they don't mention it. So. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like, you know, the doctor doesn't want to see them get shot, but she's okay about closing the door and then walking away and then not thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. So, a couple things in it that I didn't necessarily like, but, um, again, there's still a lot of good stuff in this. You know, we finally get a, a kind of a, the first of the creepy episodes of the season, you know, kind of with the scares and stuff, which I thought fit in perfectly with the show. They weren't alien spiders. They weren't from another planet. They weren't from Metabelius, and they didn't talk. You know, they weren't taking over people. It was just basic spiders, you know. Yeah, and, and I mean, there was some funny lines. That line where she said, uh, the spider mother in the ballroom, that, that would be one of the best Edith Wharton books ever. I was like... Yeah. Um, and you know she had a lot of good funny throwaway lines about was it I I eat danger for breakfast no not really I prefer cereal (laughs) yeah yeah I'm liking how she she interacts and how she acts so far Um, she hasn't done anything to say for me to say boy you know, I'm not liking this doctor at all. It's just so far so good. I just, I haven't had that moment yet where I'm like, okay, you know, and, and I think it needs to be in a better episode. I think one of the things was our villains, I, I don't know what's the villain in this episode. I guess you could say it's that hotel guy. I thought he was pretty good in this, and the, obviously as, as a monster, the spiders were menacing enough, so I guess this counts as the best, you know, villain of the season so far because the other ones have, were not that good. <laughs> no, they haven't. Yeah, and I was glad that 
that that he was just a bad person and not a bad person who had let loose all these spiders. Yeah. You know, because that's what I thought was going on when they were first in that ballroom or wherever it was they were. Yeah. That um, I thought, oh, he's gonna he's gonna do something bad. Yeah. But no, he's just a jerk. <laughs> yeah. Like he puts on a helmet and controls the spiders or something. You know. Yeah. That might have been more like the classic series. Uh, like, yeah, the, the maggots, were they controlled by someone? No. But wasn't there, I, but there was a bad there was guy. A, the, there was, the, yeah, the, the, the giant computer. Okay. But anyways. And I thought, I thought Chris Noth was pretty good in this. I mean, I've only ever seen him in Law & Order, so I don't know him from anything else. Apparently he was in... Oh, that's City. what he was from. Yeah. I was trying to figure it out. Yeah. But he was, I loved, he was chewing the scenery. It was great. Well, and then was, was there a, I didn't see any um, credits from next episode. Yeah, there's a, there was a trailer. It looks like they're on like a space station or something. Oh, okay. It, the trailer was, there was like hardly anything to it. You couldn't really get a, a feel for, um, for what, the trailer didn't really give you a feel for next week's episode. It was kind of... Yeah, well, that's good. Yeah, yeah. I didn't see a trailer, so I don't know. Well, if you want to see the trailer, you could go on the uh, our Facebook page. It's on there. Oh, okay. Maybe I'll do that. The um, I'm still loving the opening credits. <laughs> I just like... Oh, and they're traveling in the, in, the, in the... The vortex at the beginning was cool. How they they're going on yeah. this tunnel and then all of a sudden there's a bunch of tunnels and they're flying through and I'm like this is really cool I like this somebody yeah. with too much time on their hands did a screen capture and apparently has found a shape of like a ghost or a person <laughs> and I'm and they actually outlined it and I was just like you you've got way too much time on your hands from, if from you're from what from, from the, the episode we just watched. From the when she was going through the time vortex, they saw like a a human type form that looked like kind of like a a ghost type thing. Were they do, just, were, were they doing this instead of watching the episode? It's a ghost. No, they probably <laughs> saw it when they were doing the screen captures. You know, you you record it on your computer and then you oh, use okay. the program to make screen captures for the whole episode. Mm -hmm. And they happened to have found uh, like a ghost. It was kind of I was like, yeah, you've got too much time on your hands. Well. Hopefully it's nothing because I think I think uh, fans read into too too much. And one of my criticisms. Well, of, go ahead. If it was something, it would have been more visible when we watched the episode. Well, if it was Moffat or Russell T Davis, it would have focused on it for a while. We would have had a change in music, and it would have turned to the the um, audience and winked or something, you know. But it didn't do that. So, um, but one of my criticisms of the show is when people overthink the show and they, they go, oh, you know, maybe that's that. Maybe that person, may, maybe Yaz is related to the the character that was on the planet with, in a, in a, and when they start doing that, it's like, no, that's not, that's not the way it should be. But then Moffat would go ahead and do it, and then people would go, oh, see, I was right, you know. But hopefully that's gone. Hopefully those days are gone, and this is just, there's no coincidences and, you know, whatever. So yeah. I, had a, I had a ramble a little bit. Just not do that anymore. I gotta write notes down and say, "Don't ramble. Don't make fun of the old the uh, Moffat." 
But it's so easy. Yeah, it is. It's so oh, easy. It's hard not to compare it, you know. Yeah. So it's so completely different. I'm sure if we're watching the classic series from Hartnell to McCoy, and we're watching for the same at the step for the first time, like like we are now, we would probably be doing the same thing to that. We'd be comparing to each. We'd be like, oh, the Terrence Dicks era was so great, and now this new guy comes in, and then what? Blah 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 blah. So. Well, again, I think it was another pretty good episode. I think um, I enjoyed watching it. I haven't gotten angry at all this year. Watching. Wow. Yeah, I know. I um, except at BBC America for the first episode. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but I won't make that mistake again. I'll delete BBC America off my cable channel. <laughs> so, um, anything else? No, no. Nope. Good episode. I'd give yeah. it a good six and a half out of or seven. Yep. I agree. Okay, thanks for listening. <laughs>